the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. You know, I am. Uh, I was probably a problem child at, at some points in my life. I'm pretty sure I disrupted a few classes, and I knew from a very early stage I kind of resisted authority. I really did. I was one of those guys, but I didn't do it just out of spite. I did it because I had a hard time wrapping my head around getting bullied. I really never liked it. I re- didn't. And you know, when your name is Sean and you grow up in Melrose Park, you better get real used to it or real use- used to a crooked nose and a deviated septum. I took the latter. So I'm a terrible slave. I'm going to be a terrible slave in the new America. As we have been experiencing something I didn't think was possible in America, the shutdown of our country. I understand it was because of a flu. Get it? Pandemic. People die. Yada, yada, yada. I got it. I still can't get used to the idea that I exist at the will of someone else. I think that's why I fight both political parties. Both political parties we're trying to get that upper hand on our freedoms and on our mobility and on our on on our self-righteousness as Americans thinking, who are you? What do you mean you have unalienable rights? You exist for us. The government allows you to keep some of the money you make. They tell you how, what what hurdles you have to jump to do whatever it is you like to do. I mean, hair, hairdressers have to go through licensing and all of the different ways in which government takes things they never own, and then they sell them to us. And I didn't even talk about the water yet. I'm still a little perplexed about how government sells water that it doesn't own to us. And at the same time it does that, it pretends that health care is a right, but water isn't. Well, then, if you, if, you, if you have something you can grab that isn't yours, you might as well do it. I mean, we're in America, right? They grab land they don't own, and then they pretend they own it, and they sell it, and they give it to their special friends, and you could, you could drill oil if you pay the right lobbyist, and you can't if you don't, and that whole thing. But one of my favorite things as an American, and it's not just because I grew up in the auto part business. I was lucky enough to have a grandfather who was in the auto part business. I grew up around cars. That's my one thing. I love to drive. I mean, if you tell me right now, let's go to... Uh, Let's go to Florida. I got an idea. I want to buy a building. I'll pick you up. I don't need clothes. I don't need anything. I love to hit the car. As long as I got a box of cigars, I'm gone. So I knew it was a matter of time before they didn't want us to have that mobility. I've watched as Illinois Republicans like LaHood in, in the state of Illinois put a special dime per gallon on every gallon. Every gallon of gas is a dime for LaHood to, to tax us to pay for roads that we already pay for through gas taxes and tolls and every other scheme. So 
I, I knew it was a matter of time, but I have to say, I didn't think it would be two months into the Biden administration before a know-nothing, good-for-nothing political animal, chameleon, who's done nothing. Pete Buttigieg is in the position he's in because of, of who he likes to have sex with. He's qualified for nothing. But we're in this new America where you're not qualified for anything. You don't have to be qualified for anything in particular. You don't have to be an expert in anything. As you look at our government, 90 percent of which is filled with people who have only been politicians. So they have no idea what it's like for a poor man to have the freedom to take his child when he has nothing else to do and no money for a ride. See, I was lucky enough. I I, I was one of those kids. And one of my favorite things that I would do with my mother was we just go for a ride. Just get in the car, go for a ride. Go for a ride for three hours, four hours. And we would dream about, look at the big houses, and maybe one day you could live there and go down North Avenue and see how, how wonderful it was. Back then, you thought that the, uh, you were in the country when you hit St. Charles. You know, it was a big deal when you were a kid. And I, I shared that with my kids. And, I, and it's just like an American tradition to take to the road. Well, Pete Buttigieg, who has done nothing in life, the military, politics, and that's it. Pete Buttigieg has got an idea. He's got a little bit of an idea, and uh, I want you to hear it. What about a mileage-based tax? So I think that shows a lot of promise. If if we believe in that so-called user-pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is you pay based on how much you drive, Uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles traveled tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be a way to do it. Why is it not anymore? If you're paying the tax on the gas you use, that's user tax. See, but that's not enough for Pete and the Marxists. They want to present this, and this is the way that they're going to present every little bit of taking your freedom away. Just like they did when they took your businesses away and they put you under house arrest. It's for the betterment of society. So see, this, this, this is a two-front win. Number one, it shuts down on carbon dioxide, which somehow is no longer a fundamental of photosynthesis, but it's a pollutant. Number two... It helps pay for all of the debt we have to accumulate because we, the government, had to put you into an economic circumstance where $1,400 is a bailout to you. We had to do it. It was for your own good. So they're going to help you right into the concentration camp. And I know that must be uh, hyperbole, right? Oh, my God, is he dramatic? Am I? Am I really dramatic? You've got people that have had relatives die they couldn't go see. One year. Out of everyone li- uh, everybody's life. Now, it's something if you're a kid, right? Well, you got a lot of years left. But this is everybody. We've been waiting one year. Thank God I didn't. Let me, let me say right now, I'm a scofflaw. I didn't. But I had the ramifications of it in, in, in other ways. One year you've been waiting. And now, in the recovery plan, you're going to be taxed at every step of freedom you exhibit. You think it's going to be small? Maybe it'll be like the, the plan, like how all taxes are. You know, like when they did the income tax, only affected a very small percentage of the population, right? That's how they sell it. It's not you so much. It's the bad guy over there. And then what happens when these taxes get in place? You know, in California, I complain now that we've had our gas jump up a dollar since Biden has been in the administration. We're paying $3.12. When you go to California, they've been paying over $4 for a year. So it's no big deal, right? Those are all taxes for the environment. So it's fine. Just keep adding it on and adding it on. And I wonder, what is the resistance to this? See, because today, the resistance, um, you know, I I was reading Adam Kinzinger. He said, all we do from other sides is call the other guy. And I don't want to say it. It's a bad word. But all we do is call the other guy names, in essence. And, you know, to a certain extent, 
that chameleon scumbag who supported Joe Biden, that never Trumper fraud who was elected as a Tea Party to a certain extent. That liar scum is right because there's really. So this guy comes out with this. This is this morning. But this is something he's been talking about since he took that position. The Republicans should have had somebody articulating to the fact you're taxing people's freedoms away. You're taxing their ability to even get jobs away. So you pretend to represent the poor man. Yet every other policy you have is against the poor man. But their answer is it's not just unprepared or flat footedness. It's because they look at your money as their revenue. I have that has boggled my mind in a representative republic since I started earning money. What do you mean the money they take is their revenue? So then, in essence, government is put in a position to look at you as a vehicle of revenue. So all they have to do is figure out other ways to take it. So I'm curious if you're out there and you like your car. You like the idea that, hey, maybe this weekend I'll throw the kids in the car, I'll throw the wife in the car, we'll take a ride. We'll go to Nebraska, we'll go to Wisconsin. Are you, do you think you're not taxed enough in your gas and your tolls? Do you think, you, you, you know what you do? You, for the environment. After all, it's for the environment. Forget about the fact that since they've been selling this boondoggle green energy scam, they've been wrong. Wrong for 70 years of predictions. Wrong. When they say it's going to get cold, it gets hot. When they say it's going to get hot, it gets cold. They don't know what they're doing because they got the job because who they sleep with, like Buttigieg. He knows nothing. Nothing. But what he does know is your money is his revenue. So he comes out in that monotone little voice of his, and all he's got to do is say, well, you know, we're just, we're we're workshopping it, and after all, it's good for the environment. So I want to know, is this going to change your travel plans, knowing that you're going to be taxed every mile? Is this going to have the effect that they want it to have, which is you're under house arrest even more. Your freedoms are usurped even more. Or are you just going to take money off the table again to give it to them in the name of their revenue? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls on this when we get back. This is how we <laughs> you know, maybe it's because when you're poor, which I... And I mean it, it's a blessing to be poor, because then you appreciate everything you do afterwards. The, the, the freedom you have, those times you have with your family and those dreams you have are often uh, exhibited when you're going for a ride. I mean, I, some of my fondest memories are going for a ride. Not to mention, I used to steal my grandmother's car in eighth grade. In fact, she had this old, old car. It was really heavy. I had my own keys to it. And me and my friends would push it out and steal the car in eighth grade. How are these kids going to do that now? I mean, do they still do that? Kids, well, I got kids that can drive. They don't drive, so I guess they wouldn't do it. Uh, where is he? Where is this little term What about a mileage-based tax? So I think that shows a lot of promise. If, if we believe in that so-called user pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is you pay based on how much you drive, uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles track. You know what the Republicans should do? You want, to, you want to tax me like this? Okay, all right, listen, here's what we're going to do. You're going to put this tax on the people. What we're going to do is we're going to let them stop voluntarily paying Social Security tax. Because the vast majority of these kids know it's bankrupt. I mean, there's no money. You're, you're, killed, you're still taxing people. How many people die before they ever collect Social Security, pay taxes their whole life? So, all right, you're going to add another tax. Well, let's take a tax away that clearly doesn't work. But no, no, no. Because your money is their revenue. That's why. 
Right, let's go to the phone lines. Verlon, thanks for calling the show. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Sean? Wonderful. You know, I gotta ask you this question. I gotta ask you this question because this baffles me. How would they implement a mileage tax? Would they put some kind of a meter on your car or something? I don't understand how you got one. You're talking to me on one right now. You're talking to me on one right now. You've got one in your car if you go through the toll system right now. You've got other things on your car if your car's got a GPS in it. See, this is what the system does. This is that Orwell thing. And this is why you you, you have to kind of remember we should have been a little more suspect when we made it very legal for the government to surveil us. Now, the government is in debt to a a tune of money it can never collect, Verlan. You understand, I don't give a rip what these economists say on the Fox and on all this stuff. We're bankrupt, brother, and you just got a bunch of liars out there pretending we have an economy. It's a Keynesian Ponzi scheme, and we're bankrupt. The whole philosophy of the politician today is how to pay the VIG to keep the flow going. Okay? So now they got, you're going to fight the IRS? Listen, you know what else is in these bills nobody talks about? They're tripling the size of the IRS. Why? Because they don't want to come after you and they don't want to audit where your phone was? You know, the first thing I did when I moved to Florida, thank you for the call, Verlon. You've been surveilled for the last 20 years, hardcore. First thing I did when I, you know, I, I legitimately moved to Florida. And I got guys, well, you know, they, they, they got your credit cards. They even know where your credit cards and your phone. Okay, I don't care. I'm there. Because I'm not going to cheat. My way of cheating on taxes, I don't earn. I won't earn a damn thing. And I'll sit on my derriere, put my feet up, and do a radio show. That's how I'll get them. But look at what you've done, how you've changed the trajectory of everything. Every tax is a speed bump to your prosperity. Every single one. This is annoying for middle class and rich people. This kind of thing that this idiot, this child who is in the position because who he sleeps with, this kind of thing devastates the poor people, the ones he says he's helping. Boy, oh boy, I wonder how many of these ghetto Democrats are tired of the Democrats helping them. Have you had enough? Or are you thirsty for more on the south side of Chicago? How's your world going? Looks wonderful. Jackie and Edison. Hello. I could tell you're Hello? driving. You're spending money right now, Jackie. How are you? Hi. Well, I know that I wouldn't be happy. I unfortunately have a split household, so I live on the road every two weeks. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. I am on the way to Wisconsin from Illinois to pick up my, my child that I have to do every two weeks. I mean, I put roughly 40,000 miles a year on my vehicle. You know what that's going to bump you into? A high tax bracket. You see, taxes now will not be on your income. It'll be on your mobility. So they're not going to care. They're not going to care one iota what tax bracket you're in. Rich man and poor man will pay that tax. Yep. And the fact that you have a dead end job doesn't do any good either. Well, my best luck to you, Jackie. I hope it doesn't go through. But this is what happens when you give people jobs because of who they sleep with. It's disgusting to me. And I don't just mean the wives. I don't just mean the wife of Joe Manchin, who just got another cushy job, a phony baloney job in the government. I got the article here somewhere. I don't know what I did with it. I'll find it in the meantime. She gets a job because they need his vote on the filibuster. You want to talk about a scam? But don't worry. Because you're, the revenue they get from you, that pays for those cushy jobs. Isn't a representative Republican, Republic great? Just great. I'm having a good time. This is Harmony. This is Unity. Joan, how are you? Hi, Joan. Is it Joan? Hello? How are you? Joanne. No, oh, Joanne. I'm sorry, honey. Hi, Joanne. Okay. Hi. Okay, first I just want to tell you that you 
you make me smile. I can't wait to listen to you at 5 o'clock because That's not today, something I hear from women. I almost want you to say it again. I don't hear this from women. Say it again one more time. Okay. You make, you make me smile. All right. Thank you. Because... You said you used to get in the car with your mother. She used to say, let's go for a ride down North Avenue. Yeah. I grew up on North and Austin. Mm-hmm. And we used to take rides down North Avenue through Elmwood Park. And, and then one night you just said you stole your grandfather's car. Grandmother. She had, a, she had a triple brown coupe de ville. It was phenomenal. Go ahead. Okay. Well, my brother and I rolled my dad's car down the driveway after we moved to Addison. We started the ignition when it was in the street so we wouldn't hear, yeah, hear us. Yeah. And we drove our car all the way to St. Charles. Yeah. So you make me smile because in this terrible environment that we're in right now, we need to smile and laugh sometimes. That's exactly But I just wanted to say they, they're coming at us from every which way they can. Yes, they are. Joanne. And they're, they're, they're ruining our country from within. Yeah. And that's right. And think about all the memories they're stealing. Really, thank you, Joanne, for the call. My grandmother used to say like this. She used to complain she never slept, right? In the meantime, she'd be watching TV at night. She'd sleep like a union plumber, snoring on the couch. So I'd tell my buddy, okay, she's asleep. We'd push this thing out. It had that big 455. Boom. You know, I would start. I was terrified. But then I realized she ain't getting up. Take the car for two hours. My biggest fear is it got like seven miles to the gallon. You know what the tax would have been on this thing? Can you imagine the one thing Americana stands for? How about all the the big three and the cars? And how about how Eisenhower built the freeway system in four years? That was before you had all the union scumbags pretending to help us in the government, right? And all the the, the inside contractors charging five times what the cement costs with the potholes so they could kick back 30% to the dirty politician. So anyway, he does it in four years so that Americans can move about the country. Look at what they're doing to every aspect of Americana. Before you know it, you're going to be in the Soviets. The good news is, the guy who drags you there, he likes other men. So it's okay. Ridiculous. Keith, Orland Park. Sean, you make me smile too, but not like Buttigieg. Well, I'll tell you what, I felt a little better about it when Joanne was saying it, but I'll take it nonetheless. Go ahead. So if they push us to electric cars, how are they going to uh, capture the gas tax? They need the mileage tax tax to keep the revenue coming in. No, but the gas tax, here's my favorite part about electric cars. You know about electric cars? It's very interesting. So the, the electric cars cost you about 3800 more if you buy like uh, that Toyota, what is it, the Prius? The Toyota Prius hybrid versus like a Toyota that's not a hybrid. It's about $3,500 more. But that's okay because what you save in the battery energy adds up after three years to be about 3100 So they only subsidize at 400 However, with the lithium batteries, the damage it does to the earth to get the lithium, it's probably the equivalent of a thousand years of taking oil out of the out of the earth so this all around is a real win for both the earth the freedom and your pocketbook and they don't care because you couldn't sell one of those dog electric cars not one not one if it wasn't subsidized by the government to the tune of eleven thousand dollars all in they're subsidizing that car all the way to Tuesday. And that's why in the parking lot here, my non-hybrid is parked in the spot that says hybrids only. I dare you to take it out. All right. Thank you very much, Keith. I appreciate it. Chip, St. Charles. Sean, I want to follow up on, uh, on what Verlon said about um, how are they going to track us. But my point is, is what's going on with the government, and it's always been going on, is they're slowly but surely turning everybody into criminals. Yep. They can charge you with anything they want. Everybody else in the in the government 
doesn't get charged. They can go free. Hillary Clinton can can break all the laws that she wants. Nothing happens to her. But they're slowly but surely turning the rest of us into criminals. And they couldn't and, do it if they didn't doing it. if they didn't view us as servants anyway. You know, when I was a kid, it used to be their public servants. Who's the public servant now? The guy who works, that's the public servant. It isn't these guys getting tooled around on our dime. Here's the other thing. You think they pay for taxes? In Illinois, Chicago, how many guys got gas cards that don't even deserve them, that pretend to have the phony baloney jobs with the cities and the municipalities? You realize the tune of subsidies were already subsidizing these guys? These politicians pay nothing. The connected guys pay nothing. It's just a scam on those of us not in it. What's up, brother? I used to steal my dad's car, too. Yeah. It was a Volkswagen, and we drove it all over town when we weren't supposed to. Listen, stealing a Volkswagen ain't stealing a car. That's transportation. I was taking a Cadillac. <laughs> that's, that's stealing a car. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I got to go to a commercial. We'll be back after this. Oh, there's a Friday song. We got a name. We got to start naming. This is my first Friday, my first week. I used to say Fun-Tabulous Friday. but a Fun-Tabulous Free-For-All Friday? It's not bad, huh? And it's pertinent. What we're discussing is pertinent. You realize how if maybe, 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 just maybe, if Republicans get wind that, hey, the people don't like this, maybe we should just continue to take 50% of their income in other ways of taxation. Maybe this might be a bridge too far. Maybe it'll be the little tax where people say, I had enough, enough with your phony baloney mission statements, your lying jobs, and the fact that it's all one big Ponzi money laundering scheme to your, your contributors. I mean, how much more of this are we going to take? I thought when they figured out, you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't have bailed out all the banks that disrupted all of our values in our homes. Maybe we should just let those scumbags go BK. Oh, no, AIG has 80% of the pensions. Who cares? Those pension systems you promised, that's a scam, too. You're taxing us into oblivion to pay deals we didn't cut in the name of some promise that gangsters made. Sickening. All right, let's go to the lines. If you're on the line, I'm going to clean it up a little bit. Ed, Tinley Park. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, So quick question here. So I'm a rideshare driver, and I drive full time. Uh, So I'm putting on an average year. I could be putting on about 50,000 miles. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't think you were going to keep that money, did you? How are they going to work? What's that? You didn't think you were going to keep that money you made, did you? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, and I, I'm just wondering, how are, are they going to hit us the same way that they hit, you know, and is Uber going to, or, or Lyft or any of these going to make any amends on something like this? They're going to make campaign contributions. They're not going to make them, right? Because this is what they got to do. They got to buy favoritism from government. So this is how Uber and Lyft will, will get in the forefront and make sure there's no competition to any of them. So they'll, they'll have a carve-out in the taxation, I'm guessing, that'll say if you're a rideshare driver, and then they'll name the companies that paid them off, then you get an X amount of credit. So they're going to pretend to shuffle the money around. But you know what the, the philosophy you bring to my mind is? Think about how we are so manipulated into different avenues in which we control our earning. Rather than saying to people, the only real fair tax, and I, I, you know, I'm going to have Grover Norquist on in the next couple of weeks, the only real tax that would be fair under an American principle of equality is one flat tax. 
And this way we would keep our money and we would decide how to get taxed and how not to get taxed. But they they create these schemes that control every aspect. So here you are, you got a you got a job that I don't know your circumstances. A lot of times, may, did this start out as a part time job for you? It did. I retired uh, almost five years ago. So think and about I, uh, how they control retiree income, right? They only allow you to make right. so much, then you get taxed into oblivion. Then it's even not even worth working. So now you got a nice little right. job. You're retired. You get to talk to the people. I had this happen to me when I when I took a lift to my place in in Florida. My wife and kid. You talk to the guy. He's a wonderful guy. Turned out to be a detective. It, the whole rideshare thing is a wonderful system. I love it, and I knew it wouldn't last the way it existed, the way it was created for long. So now they're going to say, no, you're retired, Jim. We're we're going to allow you to make this much. And if you make over that, we're taking it. I mean, that's why I had a a comment from a family member. Why do you say mafia so much? Why do you say mafia? Well, isn't this how it works? If you act the way we want you to act, then you're going to be okay. But if you don't, you're going to pay the man. That's called extortion. I don't think anymore when you look at the different layers in which we're taxed on, we're taxed as citizens. I think we're taxed. I think we're taxed as pigeons. I think we're taxed as slaves. And it's a problem. So when they have an idea of another tax, it's more than just a virtuous thing. Oh, we're going to help the environment. They don't give a rip about the environment. They're just using it as a weapon against you. But thank you for the call, Ed. I truly appreciate it. All right, Jim, South Elgin. Jim, all right, Jim's in a glass factory. How you doing, my friend? Oh, good. Go ahead, buddy. Well, congratulations. It was nice to uh, uh, hear about your honor on Saturday at the... Event up in Lake Geneva. We're all proud of you and uh, good going, and we'll wish you a lot of luck. Anyways, you know, I think a lot of states might uh, institute some sanctuary state policies against some of this rubbish. And I wonder how many little blocking devices might be sold so the GPS can't be uh, well, broadcast up so they can't trust can, Here's It's an interesting question. It's an interesting idea you had, but here's the other question. Since when can a state have a sanctuary against federal taxation? And if they get away with it, you know, that would be a great calling card. Now I'm really going to be busy in the real estate game. Thank you, Jim. Because as I know, I mean, I don't have a lot of assistance. I keep my company small in the real estate game because I don't like people. But if I, if I did have an assistant broker of the year, it would be J.B. Pritzker. That stupid son of a gun has really made my business boom. All right, we're going to take one more, and it's in my old neighborhood right next to me. Gary, River Forest. Yes, Sean. Yes. Bluetooth uh, said that the user tax to pay for the roads. If I drive down the sidewalks, can I get an exemption? I like to drive on sidewalks. Well, that's a whole other problem, and that's why I don't go into River Forest that much. Thank you very much, Gary. Gary likes to drive on sidewalks. Maybe we should have an NPR station that he should be calling. But I'll tell you what. Um, the problem is when you start this, I always say, what does government, an abusive government create? It creates black markets. That's just the way it is. So when you think about it, think about truckers. Can you imagine how they're going to control that? These guys, you know that diesel costs about 50% to make than gas. Yet the reason it's always more than gas is taxes. So if you're a trucker, you're being taxed into oblivion. And the logistic companies, but yet nobody looks at a gas pump or a gas station. When you go to the gas station and you look around how many of them are full, Every single person, 10 cents a gallon to Illinois. What do they do with it? The general fund, the kickoff schemes. I mean, this is why I think it's so hard to, to really understand the magnitude of atrocity. is so overwhelming to just focus in because we're always asked to solve problems. When you listen to politicians, 
They're asking us, in essence, to solve the problems that they created. But what they learned is, if they hit us from all sides, we're so overwhelmed, we never ask, what are you doing with the money? What are you doing with the money? And then that's why you get cones on the Kennedy that have been there for eight months, and there's nobody working, and nobody says anything. And who's going to break it? The Pravda reporters? You think Chuck Gotti's out there with his Popeye's chicken sandwich in his mouth thinking, hmm, maybe I should see what these companies that get these contracts donate to. Nah, go do a story on FDT uh, uh, flowers and how they're not delivered on time around Valentine's Day. There is the American investigative process. And that's why I say it's ridiculous. All right, listen, one more, one more call and then I'm going to go. I got one more guy. I don't want to be rude to him. Mike on the north side. How you doing, Stretch Marks? Good. Congratulations on the full-time promotion. Thank you, babe. You deserve it. I just wanted to say you are 30 years behind the time. They don't give gas cards out anymore. They just enter their license plate into the computer and they just go to city refueling sites and they just load up, put a couple five-gallon cans in the trunk and they take some home for the wife. Nice. But the reason I wanted to call was the biggest scam. You know how I like to give you a scam every month? You I can love look it. out for it. Yeah. The way the city's stealing. On the north side, Lincoln Square, the new alderman, that Lisa Madigan put in, wants to give away the parking lot, 50 spots to an out-of-town developer for free and give them money to build. Now, we're trying to stop it. We need everybody to go and sign the petition online, mm-hmm. dot org. just sign. You don't have to live in the neighborhood because a lot of people go to the shop and don't Donate any money. We're not asking for money. That's change.org that wants the money. But save LincolnSquare.org, and you have to help us save the parking lot. All right, Mike. I love it. See, public service announcements. All right, let's go to Steve. He's got an interesting point. Steve, how are you? Hey, good, Sean. Congratulations on your show, man. It's good news. Thank hey, you, buddy. Yes. Two things. One, as of 2016, the government mandated that all cars have two-way communication on them. So you remember it started with the OnStar? Oh, your safety, if you get into an accident, that's one thing. The other thing is the average electric vehicle takes nine years before it's as efficient as a diesel car. Nine years. Oh, I know. How many people have their cars nine years? Steve, you know what you spurred? An interesting thing. Thank you for the call, by the way. Look up Hans Diesel and how he actually died. It's a very interesting story. We'll be back after this. sometimes I get a good feeling. That's a good Friday song. You know, I uh, I have a different perspective on it. I never did anything, public speaking, nothing. So it is different when you're doing a show. Even like, you know, if you have something you think you're going to say, when the mic goes on, the mic goes on, you say something different. So I have a little sympathy for public speaking. And I know sometimes, you know, politicians, maybe it doesn't come out the way it sounds in your head. I get it. But um, the border issue, what's going on there is is unbelievable. It's an atrocity like nothing we've ever seen. Just some soft numbers. A kid, these kids who are sent with no parents, it costs us $800 a day per kid. In the last month, it's been 250,000 kids, going by math from a, 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 a politician on the border today. You're talking about $200 million just in kids. We've got this situation where they're busing families up the road a bit, letting them out in parks. Mayors are having emergencies. I mean, it is a absolute, complete catastrophe. 
But every once in a while, a politician will get up, and I'm not sure I would have taken the Make American Meth Great Again routine. The flood of Mexican meth, Mexican heroin, Mexican fentanyl. 20 years ago in Montana, meth was homemade. It was homegrown. There you go. And it had purity levels less than 30%. Today, the meth that is getting into Montana is Mexican cartel. Even the Mexicans make better meth. They make better meth. We, our meth can't compete with their meth. I mean, is that the road, <laughs> is that the road you want to get? I'm, I'm wondering, when you're a meth addict and you're in your trailer deciding if your sister is attractive or you want to argue over what to watch on TV, are you thinking, I really wish I had uh, uh, Mexican meth as opposed to the homemade American meth? I mean, I think we've kind of, you know, let, let's keep the, 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 the tone a little bit where it should be. I agree. We should focus on the drugs. There's no question about it. But it sounded to me like it was a little bit of an argument for the Mexican, I mean, the American meth industry to make a comeback. And I I don't know if I would have wanted that road. But I don't know if I want a lot of the Republican arguments against the failures of the Democrats. When you hear the the, the only thing worse than, than what the Democrats are doing to us is when the Republicans try to pretend they know how to fix it. And I think that's more of where I want to focus on. Um, what we have to do on our side of the aisle is get rid of these morons. We got to get rid of them. And that's the, the side we can change is our side. I don't want to face another election cycle where we're doing this thing. Well, it's not perfect, but, you know, he is a Republican. And when their name is Kinzinger and you see how they how they really ruin the mission statement and what we are as Republicans. It's time to flush them out. Illinois is really, I'm I'm starting to think Illinois is just like looking into a crystal ball of what the rest of the nation is going to be. We need to be a little bit more selective in who our politicians are. And we need to maybe primary every single Republican who has done nothing but be a politician. Because we've got our own Buttigiegs. And they call themselves Kinzingers. We've got our own self-demigod, self-righteous old frauds just waiting for their turn to rule the country like a dictator, like a two-bit king. And they call him Mitt Romney. What else do you think that fool is lurking around for? You want to change things? Purge our own team. We don't have a team. You don't have a team. You got different sets of different gangsters. And they all look at us like we're slaves. And they all look at our money like they're revenue. We're going to change things. We've got to change it from our side of the fence. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Doesn't even feel like right. I feel like I just started. I love it. Making a lot of enemies and some friends. Right? Isn't that what life's about? If everybody loves you, odds are you stand for nothing and you're a bit of a scumbag. That's how I view it. So if you have any principle, you're going to make some people unhappy. Especially if you're unwavering and you understand. When you hear the kind of words that are meant to uh, strip you from your beliefs, compromise. 
Compromise is something you do with your wife and your kids. You love them. You compromise a little bit because you don't want to see them take the hard way, maybe. You compromise. You don't compromise with principles of right and wrong. Otherwise, you end up having a country where 2,400 babies are slaughtered every day, and it's called a right. That seems to be a bit of a problem. That's just how I view things. But then again, I view things like this as bribery. Biden nominates Senator Joe Manchin's wife to a federal commission. Ooh, federal commission. That sounds like it's going to pay something, huh? Biden nominates Gail Manchin to co-chair Appalachian Region Commission, an economic development partnership with 13 states designed to boost investment in the Appalachian region, also known as a ghost job. This is what we call in the old neighborhood ghost job where you sit around and you wait for the pay to come in and you really don't have to do much. And every once in a while, you got to say something. You had a meeting and you talked about, uh, you know, the uh, boy, it's real poor up there. The Appalachian Mountains, very terrible. It's a terrible system. See, but Biden says the filibuster is being abused and needs Manchin's vote to make sure that there is no filibuster rule anymore and they could pass this uh, voting fraud for dummies called H.R. 1. He also needs, um, as Biden calls for gun ban, Manchin says ah, he doesn't really support all of the background checks. And whatnot. So they need Manchin. So how do you get to him? You give the old lady a cushy job, you make her feel like she's doing something important, and next thing you know, Manchin's a rubber stamp vote. And that is why I repudiate politics in general, but specifically the party that has mastered that. And that takes me to the criticism I kind of told you about. I, 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 the beauty about being half Italian is that I love the culture of being, I'm half Italian. And the other half is Norwegian. And I was raised, my mother was Italian, and I was raised in a very Italian family, very Italian neighborhood. It was wonderful. Uncles came in, parents divorced. Uncle, you don't even miss a beat. The uncles are wonderful. They take you places. Grandmother with the cooking. I had the time of my life. I enjoyed it tremendously. And one of the other things is you have a lot of cousins. Normally when you're from a neighborhood like I'm from, a lot of cousins. And cousins, for the most part, back in the 70s, early 70s, they are like a lead-in, like an intro into like best friends, right? You meet the cousin, all of a sudden you're related to the guy, your kids, you start hanging around, and it's a wonderful relationship. That being said, I, I do have some scumbags who are cousins I don't talk to anymore, but this one I do, and I love him to death. And then he writes me an email. He said, cousin, love the show. I have one small criticism. You're awful hard on people who call themselves Democrats. Growing up where we did, you know as well as I do, some of our best relatives saw themselves as Democrats. Some of the people who were the most influential in your life and mine called themselves Democrats. I understand you because I know you, and I know the sense in which you criticize Democrats. But maybe you shouldn't be rejecting all of them. And remember some of the quality Democrats in your life. I know you all of my life, and I understand your intentions, and I loved you even when I thought you were hitting on my girlfriends, but not everybody does. Just trying to help. I'll see you when I see you. And I was thinking about this for my cousin, and I said, you know, he's to a certain extent, yeah, before, before the 90s, in my opinion, Democrats were different than they are today. In fact, I think you could say John F. Kennedy was the last conservative we had in the White House. What do you think about that? I know it's a bold statement, but you'll forgive me. I knew what Kennedy's tax plans were, and I'm well aware of what he thought of the Fed and the CIA. John F. Kennedy was what would would be considered today a very right-wing politician, but something happened after the Clinton administration. It happened philosophically 
after Vietnam and after the weather underground and the terrorists were accepted by a party. And what, what happened then is that this Soviet system had infiltrated a, a political party. And it was obvious to me. Now, I'm from a neighborhood that rejected that. I always say, if you talk to a Mauro's Park Democrat, you'd think you were talking to a fiscally conservative Reagan Republican when you talk to them. But they did what I think. And I, and I say this of people I love, like my cousin. And, I, and, and, you know, he was a fireman and the rest of them. And what they did is they knew right and wrong. And when they went in the booth, they pulled D. And at that point, you've not double-crossed me. You've double-crossed yourself. And that's how you take once great cities like Chicago, and you turn them into the bastions of corrupt sewers that they are, where I could have done this entire segment on the fact that eight were shot. Carjacking crisis is parabolic. It's up 300%. Shootings outside suburbs. There is no area anymore in Chicago that's considered nice. Forget about it. Streeterville, the Gold Coast, carjackings, robbery, shootings. Why? Why? I think it's because of the policies of the corrupt Democrat Party have come to fruition. This is the destination it leads to. And their ideology is so corrupted and such a failure. It is a quicksand that even if you're not a a party to it, you're in the quicksand and you're you're stifled. Your whole life is destroyed. Turn on the news. You see it. And yet it goes without a murmur, because in those areas, they don't want the rest of the nation to see the failure. So they cover it up and they create bills. And then you see what we saw yesterday. This 80 year old, clearly incapable man, this embarrassment to our political system, get up and talk like a king. And our republic is out of the window. And now we face what I think are atrocities of abuses of our freedom. But I've been living in a, in a year when these atrocities happen. I still, am, I still can't wrap my head around how much power the government has and how little I have. So when I say to me the word Democrat, it's a dirty word. It's not a philosophy of America, and we're arguing about some nuances to financial policies. It is a fascistic, totalitarian Marxism that guarantees to put you in a straitjacket where you can't even breathe without paying for it anymore. And they'll wrap it under goodness for somebody else. Every single policy is rooted in force. And the problem is they have such contempt for the other side that they can rule us with a good, clean conscience because we deserve it. So you cannot compromise with that mindset of a tyrant. It's a terrible thing that happens throughout history. Look at what's killed hundreds of millions. And I say that when you look at the, the, the philosophy of communism, of Marxism, of socialism, of fascism, all throughout our history of the world. So when you look at a time where we supposedly as a nation picked what Joe Biden represents, which isn't American Democrat philosophies as we're living through right now. He doesn't represent the old Kennedy Democrat. He represents the totalitarian Marxist who has confidence to tax you for breathing. This is a problem. So when I say this, I'm not insulting my Uncle Charlie, my Uncle Mikey, my Uncle Joe. I'm not insulting those World War II Democrats. 
I'm insulting those corrupt, low-life scumbags that have taken Chicago and made it a ghetto. And to that, that is what a, de- a modern-day Democrat is. You don't have to go far to see the futility in life when your area is ruled by a Democrat. Just turn on the news at 10 o'clock tonight and tell me if it looks like utopia to where even they can't hide it. Even these talking mannequins cannot hide it. So I want to know, I can't be the only person, and I say this with love, this is my cousin, I'll punch him in the face and kiss him right after. This is, this is what we do. But that's because he understands, and he's not really a Democrat either. But I'm curious to know in your lives, what do you encounter? Do you feel the way I do? I don't even want to be around them. To me, if you could look at this corrupt, dementia-ridden fool in diapers who represents everything wrong with the American politics. In fact, um, he was, uh, Psaki was asked today about Hunter Biden and the scandals we all knew about for months, and everybody knew about them. Okay. Uh, so there was a report last year from the Senate Finance and Homeland Security Committee. It claimed that the wife of Moscow's former mayor uh, paid a company associated with the president's son $3.5 million. Um, there was no explanation for this alleged payments, and I'm wondering if you could tell us if uh, that claim is accurate, and if so, uh, what the $3.5 million was paid for. Not familiar with that claim. Doesn't sound like it's backed up by a lot of evidence. Uh, if you have evidence or specifics, happy to discuss it further. Committee's report. So you haven't asked about this? Or? I, I'm not familiar with the report at all. You're a liar. You commented on the report three months ago, and it's a lie. It's a bald-faced lie. The wife of a Moscow mayor gave Hunter Biden three and a half million dollars. Everybody knew it. He's been a bag man for 47 years. This drug addict scumbag sat on the board of every company that Joe Biden cut a law for. So if you as an American voted for this, I think you're a loathsome rat and I don't want you within a thousand miles of me. And I'm curious to know if you've encountered this, how you feel about it. Because that's how I feel about it. It's over with. This isn't the American Democrats anymore. This is about undermining my freedom and my kids' freedom. 312-642-5600. No bail for that guy. No bail anymore for that. I got so many stories on crime, I just didn't want to do it on a Friday. I mean, it's terrible what's going on. Our reality is, is, is terrible. Don't worry, I'm going to cover it. But I just want a little, little break. It's bad enough we've got to deal with the, the reality and the ramifications. I would rather figure out how we can fix the philosophy. And who better than somebody who understands just how things collapse. collapse. Ignacio, Spring Grove, how are you? Hey, good, sir. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. i tell you what, now, after watching this press conference yesterday, our family came from Cuba in the 60s. And everything, everything that took place to change Cuba is happening right now in America. And when I watched that press conference the other day, or yesterday I should say, mm-hmm. it was like when I was in Cuba and I could watch the state media say everything that they're supposed to say to prop up the guy in power. And I want to ask you a question based on that. Mm-hmm. Firstly, my answer is going to be no. Do you believe there's a political solution for this country, especially with H.R. 1 coming around the corner? Not one that you and I will see in our lifetime, but yes, eventually we are, because, and I'll tell you what I mean by that, we are an idea. 
America isn't a place. It's an idea. And it's an idea that really is, is, is an articulation of the Enlightenment. And that idea is that men are not meant to be slaves. They're meant to be free men. So do I think that in our lifetime we'll see it? I think that our political system has been too bastardized for it to revive itself in our lifetime. But there is no solution to this. And I know where you're going down the road, a civil war and all that. It's not a solution to it. Until the, until the majority of people long to be free and reject the comforts of, of slavery, men are willing to put up with slaver, slavery if it's comfortable. And that's the problem, right? right? So they, they've learned right. that, Ignacio. And the other thing I want to say is this is Cuba when Fidel was old. At least when he took over, he was a vibrant man. I'm getting, I'm getting held hostage by a, by, a, by a cast member of Cocoon. It's ridiculous to me. I mean, you have no standards as Democrats. You would vote for this guy. He can't follow a sentence. I thought it would be big news when they saw him with the cheat sheet. He had the faces of the reporters and, and the number in which to take him. This is America, man. Thank you, Ignacio. You made my day. John Homewood. Hey, Sean. Um, I'll be quick. I'm in a community college class taking interpersonal communications. Mm-hmm. Here's a gentleman you need to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Jackson Katz, K-A-T-Z. We're watching a documentary All right. on white, white male toxic masculinity. And the basis is white male paranoia. Uh-huh. And they compared Rush Limbaugh with Timothy McVeigh. And are painting us in a bad picture, and I believe I have a right to be paranoid. I'm a white male Christian. It's not paranoia if you're right. All right. Is that what you want to go with? I was reading your thing. I was more interested in, uh, all right, very good yep. thing. I'm my Democratic girlfriend, correct. Yep, she yeah. votes for Biden, but she agrees with me on mm-hmm. almost every issue. And then I'm like, why do you vote Democrat? Well, because a uh, bad orange man. Okay, well, that's not going to work forever. Well, tell her, be sure and thank her as uh, you're paying taxes to take her to uh, to a date on gas. And be sure and thank her. I love that. Yeah, the women, they get us every time. They get us every time. I, you know, as a young man, I, you know, I would put up with it, too, if they were hot. I'd be, okay, what do you tell you, Democrat? All right, fine. I didn't say I'd call back on Saturday, but I put up with it for a little time. All right, Joe in his car for now. Sean, thanks for having me on. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. What's going on out here is is disgusting. Yeah. So that's why me, me and my friends, we created a political action committee called the American Patriot, Patriot Society. Yeah. Okay. We just formed it. Um, so you, uh, uh, American Patriot Society. Okay, I got it. All right. Yes, sir. We, we, we cannot accept uh, the things that are going on, and we're going to change what's happening. We, Joe? We're going to do it politically. We're not about no civil wars or nothing like that. Good, because that's where I was going to hang up on you. Send me an email so I could check it out, and I'll have you back on. I want to take Marianne right now. Hi. How are you? Hi, Sean. Marianne. I remember you when you used to be a caller on WLS. Love you dearly. Thank you. I've aged as beautifully. I, as I said to the caller, uh, the person who takes the calls, I am 80 years old. I live in the People's Republic of Oak Park. I've been here for 30 years, and I've seen the destruction daily. I remember John F. Kennedy. I worked for John F. Kennedy as a volunteer here in this area, and I voted for him. And you're absolutely right. John F. Kennedy is rolling over in his grave to see what they've done to the Democratic Party. I'm no longer a Democrat. I don't want to even speak the word Democrat. I love her. just want to let you know. Can I adopt you're, you? Because right I lost, I lost my right aunt. I had an Auntie Mary who I loved to death. I'm going to adopt you. You're going to be my Auntie Mary Ann. All right? 
Yeah, well, thanks. I just had to tell you that. Well, you that promised to call the show. On. You made my night. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful. Thank you Thank so much. Oh, I hung up on Auntie Marianne. It's all right. I told her to call back. She's part of the show now. It was a little quick on the trigger there. But I wanted to get to her broader point. We have been so contorted in this phony team. I say it all the time. They're not two parties. They're one party. I got the same banker. Go back and listen. You know, I, this is what I do during the day. In fact, I was a little disrupted today, and I, I'm very flattered. I had many people come to the store. But normally what I like to do is watch old television, old interviews. I'm a big fan of Firing Line, and I watch them from the 60s and from the 70s and from the 80s. And it's amazing now that we have the benefit of history. And you see exactly how things have been corrupted. A John F. Kennedy Democrat was not an LBJ Democrat. LBJ was a gangster, real deal. And if you look at everything from Vietnam to taxes to to everything he did socially, which was creating a welfare system that would imprison people for generations, you realize he's not a Democrat. He's not a liberal. He's just an old fashioned, corrupted gangster. And he created a system that were these are the results of it today. John F. Kennedy was against the Federal Reserve. He was for low, low taxes, in particular when it came into private money into, into investments. John F. Kennedy's tax policy is what Ronald Reagan reignited. You know, not many people talk about it. So this is what's going to save America, is people who believe in the fundamental principles of Americanism, capturing those people who used to call themselves liberal but have watched liberal become Marxist. And to me, in my grand scheme, what I see, I'll be, I'll be long gone, but I think what my kids will see when they're old ladies is you'll see the, 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 the push for a liberty, the push for everything that we gave away. It took three generations, we gave it away. And now Joe Biden's promising totalitarian management over your lives, and the people cheer for it, and they vote for it. All right, Teresa, Northside. Hi, Sean. Um, I had a neighbor who always voted Democrat. I asked her why, and she said, well, my family always voted Democrat, so I vote Democrat. So I asked her, um, you know, what do you know about what you're voting for? Do you know the issues? You know, and she said, no, I don't pay attention to politics. I'm just like, what? And this is part of the reason we are where we are. People are just voting because there's a D at the end or whatever, they're not, they don't know what they're voting for. They don't pay attention. And that's how you smuggle in this atrocity. It's, it's, yeah. That's how you, be, you know, just that's how you destroy a nation. And Teresa, you're exactly right. And to me, it's a responsibility as an American to know these issues. But, you know, when you look Absolutely. at this, when you look at this H.R. 1, why do you think that this is voter fraud for dummies, right? When you look at this, it's because it's they're banking on people that don't know the issues. They're banking on people that don't know the issues but need the handout. That's now become the Democrat base. What an insult to a party. What an insult to a party that once had people in it who were fiscally and, and, and patriotically sound in American principles. You're hard-pressed to find that anymore. That's why I have contempt for anybody that would still call themselves a Democrat. Now, I don't... I, is it Shantae? How are you? I'm sorry? How do you pronounce Hi, your name? how are you? I, Shantae. I, Let's look at that. I got it right. I'm not even French. Go ahead. Kate. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I would like to put a thousand miles between me and any Democrat also. I've been out here protesting for five years and I used to be able to have conversations with them. And now you can't even speak to each other. Yeah. 
Well, they they rule with confidence. You can only take somebody's rights away when you have contempt for them. And that's what I always say to somebody who would have the audacity to call themselves a liberal while being a Marxist. I don't want to force any anybody to do anything. Why do you want to force everybody to do everything? And that's the only question that they can't answer. Shante, I love the call. Thank you so much. If you're on the line, Chuck and Dawn, stay on the line. I uh, have to go to break, and I'll be back with your calls. 312-642-5600. Let's all go to the line. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, my pick for the movie is Motherless Brooklyn. And I know it's cheesy, and I know it's on Netflix, but a good show. Queen of the South. <laughs> I had to get it in there. It wasn't just because of the booty gig thing. All right, now I'm going to take some calls. Chuck Delavan. Hey, how you doing? Uh, good job. I always had my cheerleading skirt on for you. I knew you were going to get to where you were. Thank you, brother. Uh, thanks for pointing out that LBJ was a gangster within 30 hours after they slaughtered John F. Kennedy. He put us back on a banker reserve. Oh, yeah. uh, what I do want to tell you is, is a lot of the, a lot of my farmer buddies are listening to you. They turned off WGN. Uh, you're in the milking parlors right now. Don't yell out at the top of your lungs, a diaper wearing scumbag. Okay, because you're getting the well, you're getting the cows a little bit upset. When you, so to try you know to why? Keep like an even keel. Because the why, cows, why? the cows know these Democrats are going to go after. Their, you know how they walk around. They're they're mad that they pass gas. They want to tax them. So the cow knows the farmer ain't going to pay the tax. He's going to get out the cork and the rubber mallet. The the cow knows he's better off with me. He's just going to end up as a New York strip. If the Democrats get in charge, it's going to be a painful existence. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate. Thank tell, you. Tell the cows I I don't eat a one. I like just the meat. Marty is an interesting call. Even before we go to movies, Marty. You got a good point, kid. How are you? Hey, Sean. How you doing, buddy? I'm glad you got your own show. I used to tune in just to see if you would guess those things. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, yeah, I saw good news on the Disney Entertainment News on Channel 7 that Moody's has upgraded Illinois to stable for bonds. So you're going to get lower interest rates thanks to the government bailout. So I guess they'll be piling on some more debt, huh? And the good news is Pritzker's going to continue to make the high interest on the back door, how he is has is invested with the bond companies that actually loan Illinois the money, and he's going to be first in line to get the payout when we get the when we get the government cheese. See, the only reason, thank you for the call, Marty, that Illinois has been upgraded in their bond rating isn't because Illinois is doing well. It isn't because businesses are thriving. It's because the other states that were fiscally sound and ran their their state properly have just bailed out the most corrupt state in the union, bar none. I say we're better than New Jersey, but I still want to recommend, and we're going to take your movie predictions too. Now, what movie or series would you recommend that I watch this weekend? I'm going to give you one, and I'll tell you what, Edward Norton in Motherless Brooklyn, he pays, plays a guy with Tourette's. Uh, Bruce Willis is in the movie. It is absolutely fantastic. I recommend that one for tonight. And I also recommend for a series, I know it's cheesy, and everybody makes fun of me, including Proft. I thought Queen of the South was pretty good. I don't know something about her. I was, I was enthralled. I, I power-watched the, the, entire, the entire thing. And then um, my wife and I got caught a couple of weeks ago with that one with... Uh, my mind went blank. Damn it. The one in Canada where they, they go broke and they buy the hotel. It's called uh, Schitt's Creek. Fantastic. 
absolutely fantastic. It's so good, in fact, I think it's already out like it's competition with Seinfeld. But uh, very good stuff to watch. So we're going to go to Kevin. By the way, 312-642-5600. Now, Kevin, I know you didn't call with this, but I'm going to ask you before you go to your point. What movie, Kevin, this weekend for me? Oh, for you? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Ozark yet, you got to see Ozark. All right. It lost me after the first season. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go. Are with you kidding some, me? No, I know. I, I I don't know why. After the first season, I liked it. I watched the whole first season. I was kind of excited about the second. Then I just went, ah, you know. I'm one of those guys, though, Kevin, when everybody tells me it's good, I don't watch it. You ever hear? See, oh, I love it because it's it's about a guy who's exiled from Chicago. And he goes south, but he's still got to deal with you know, the other BS from uh, his days in Chicago. I identify it with it. Oh, all right. Well, thank you. That's so pretty good. I think I'll like, hey, so the point I wanted to make, if you haven't hung up on me. I haven't. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Is, you know, you're talking about the Democrats, and it's not the Democratic Party it used to be. Well, the thing is, in, in Illinois, a lot of the people who were Democrats that became Republicans out in the suburbs are still the same. It's still the same model as far as how to run politically. Kevin, so you should Illinois, see when Jeannie Ives was running against Sean Caston, this to me was the was the nail in the coffin. Jeannie Ives is running against Sean Caston. Sean Caston, his entire family makes their money from the phony baloney green energy. The father is such a scam artist. He wrote a book in the 90s that predicted by the year 2013 we would have to walk around in asbestos suits because it would be so hot outside we couldn't live. And he's all in with the Chicago Dems and they pay him off and all the schemes. I figure it's obvious. Why would people in the suburbs vote for this crackpot? And he won. That's when I said, ah, forget about Illinois. It's over with. But, Kevin, I agree to. I agree with you. Let's put it that way. I have no argument. And I will definitely check out Ozarks. Now, Dawn in Plainfield couldn't hang on. She recommends Won't Back Down. It's about how union teachers defend failure. Yeah, n- no kidding. I don't even call them schools anymore. They're Soviet daycare. That's what that's the public schools are Soviet daycare. They're not schools. I mean, am I the only one that figured that out? All right. Mark and Glenn Ellen. Yeah. Hey, Sean, on both of the topics that you were just talking about schools and taxes. So Illinois gets a big I thought I was talking about money from the federal right. government, right? right? Yes. And, um, I get in the mail that they're going to try to gut this program called Investing Kids Illinois, which is a tax program where you can get a tax write-off if you donate to provide scholarships. Oh, is this is this is this a similar thing like when the scumbags were in charge of that 529 plan and they lost all the money because they gave it to their pals and then just disappeared? And then what happened to those guys? They went on to go work for Obama. Well, it's not the same program, but it's it's where if you donate to this um, scholarship granting organization, you used to get a tax credit up to 75 percent of what you donated. And now Pritzker is saying that he needs to balance the budget, wants to cut that back to 40 percent. So I wrote to my state senator and I told her, you know, please don't vote for this. And she said, oh, well, we need to make sure that every child in Illinois has access to education. So mm-hmm. I can't support this program anymore. Well, and I wrote her back and I said, well, just give me a credit on my property taxes for the amount that goes to the schools. Yeah. And I'll go find my own school and, you know, you can keep this tax credit. But, of course, I, I, I haven't heard back from that. And you're not going to hear. But, Mark, I appreciate the optimism. What you should do, though, and what I did, and it's a sad state of affairs, realize you don't stand a chance. And, and you live in a beautiful town. I know how beautiful Glen Ellen is. And it doesn't matter. 
because when you've been turned into a, a servant and a renter and you're just funding the problem, you have to say to yourself, time to go. And I mean, listen, I know it's a hard call. My wife doesn't want to leave her parents and neither do I love them like they were my parents. But I made the decision for my future. I'm out. And I think it's the best thing for people and it's the best thing for me in my future. But if you're going to keep funding this system of corruption, why would they change it when they got you? I want to know how it even got tied to the property taxes anyway. Philosophically, it is the most anti-American scheme I've ever heard of. I have to pay for somebody else's kids to go to school. I mean, it's, it's, it's preposterous, and it's a system of corruption, and it's why they just keep jacking it up and stealing from us. Because they got us, Mark, and you're never going to get a pickpocket to cut his hands off. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Jim in Willowbrook. Hey, buddy. How are you? Splendid. The Octopus Teacher on Netflix. Never heard of it. I'm watching it. It is, is a very good movie. I didn't think I was going to like it. This guy is, I believe it. Well, don't tell me uh, the plot. I was a film Africa. guy. Go ahead. Don't tell me the plot. Oh, man. All right. Octopus you're really going to like it. All right. I'm getting you're the popcorn. really like it. We'll be back with all your recommendations. I got to go to break. I went long. But let's end it with a little high note here. And I don't mean the American meth stuff that the other Republican was talking about. I'm talking about good stuff. 312-642-5600. I hate when people talk during the movie. I'll tell you another one real quick. The sequel to Wall Street. It's called Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. And it's when um, Gecko gets out of prison. It's right after the collapse. Listen to what he predicts for the economy. It is a mirror image of what we're living. It's worth it just for that. All right, let's go to the lines. Jeff in the car. Hey, you have a great show. I loved it. You're starting of the show today. What a start. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. You know, you never know how it sounds. you got to remember, this isn't my uh, original gig. I had no idea this would be the path that I took. So I don't know how the hell to do it, but I'm having fun because to me, <laughs> it's just me and you talking, and that's how I want it to be. It's me and you talking. Yeah, I want it to I have a you. point, and I love it. You know, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I could feel that. The way you're talking, it's like two guys hanging out and just talking about the old times. I got a couple of questions. You ever been there to Abruzzo's in Melrose Park? Sure. A wonderful, wonderful place. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful people. Wonderful place. I enjoyed it there. Yes. Wonderful I haven't, I, okay, I haven't been there for a long time, but I, yes, I've been there. Yeah, that is a good old place. Sean, killing them softly. Killing them softly. All right. I saw it, you know, because I, I cruise around when I'm at the cigar store. I watch movies. I don't watch sports. I'm not going to watch subsidized students pretend that they deserve something because they could throw a ball somewhere. I could care less. So I'm going to watch this the next time I'm there. Thank you very much, Jeff, and thank you for listening very much. Art in Oak Park. Hi, Art. Sean. Yes. Sean, big, big fan. Awesome cigar shop. I love it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hey, Wanted to call you the first week and also uh, congratulate you. Awesome show. Uh, listen, I don't know what's, I don't understand the Democrat Party anymore. I don't. Yeah. It, it seems they're just a party of antitrust, anti-Trump, and just trust in government. Oh, I, I don't yeah. get it. I, 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 how did we get to this point? Because people wanted something for nothing. And, and, and the other thing is covetousness. People wanted to see other people torn down. You went from a country that used to admire people that succeeded, and we turned into a country that just wants to make sure that they can never succeed. So I think it's the it's the human nature, covetous of, of others yeah. and wanting something for nothing. Art, give me a movie, babe. 
I agree. I got, I got movies for you. I got Open Range, Robert Duvall. It's a great Oh, one. good call. All right, let me just get one yep, guy. One o- the Last Snark, okay. Barry, and Utopia. Love it. Let's go to Kevin Real. Uh, uh, no, who is this? Sean in Warsaw, Wisconsin. Where are you? How are you? Yeah, Sean's still the right way. Um, me too. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I kind of kind of take you back to the old days. The Michael Mann produced stuff. I uh, see the movies got back. You kidding me, Sean? I got the jacket still. My wife might have gave it away. I had a great time. You have a great weekend. Sorry if I didn't get to you. Believe in shooting stars, but she believes in shoes. Goodbye and good riddance.